what's up everyone welcome back to another edition of the fantasy fellow show i am your host the fellow kgb you can follow me on twitter at the fellow kgb and today is august 27th it's a tuesday it's the final week of preseason uh actual games start next thursday we got the packers and bears kicking off the 100th season of the nfl so lots to be excited about. We got a lot of information that just happened uh, this past weekend with Andrew Luck retiring, uh, Lamar Lamar Miller uh, torn ACL up for the season, and uh, this is for the first time all probably all off season we have a little bit of clarity here as to what's going to actually happen for the regular season. We're not going to see probably any anybody starting worthy play uh, in week four of the preseason. So. Um, this episode is dedicated strictly to looking at uh, my tiers and talking about uh, players that I'm willing to draft, players that I'm probably not as excited to have on my team. And we're basically going to, we're just going to go through uh, the tiers in the top 204 and I'm just going to throw out some names. We're not doing a draft or anything today. So this is strictly a, a, a really crazy brain dump uh, download for you before you draft. Uh, I know a lot of people drafted this last weekend, um, but I would highly recommend you make sure you start scheduling your drafts for Labor Day weekend. That's my favorite weekend to draft. I have two of my my big uh, live drafts where everybody's there to do the draft, and they're the most fun drafts that I have all year. So uh, we're going to do a screen share here. Um, Uh, we're just looking at my, and we're looking at my my document here that you can also you can find if you go to thefellowship.com, fantasyfellowship.com. You're gonna see here I have on the main page you can click cheat sheet, top 204 positional tiers, um, all this good stuff is there. So if you just wanted to look at the top 204, um, I've got all my rankings here. These are going to be updated. Uh, we're going to go over my rough draft today. Um, but you can see I have all the tiers broken down here. And then one of the most important things, I think, is you can hit view file. And it's going to take you to uh, a live updated um, file where I have my – you can easily print the cheat sheet from here. Or you can, you can look at individual tiers. You can see all the 204, the top 204. So that file updates live whenever I'm, I'm doing an update. You'll see it there. So uh, very important that you see that. And then you can also uh, just hit the cheat sheet here and it'll open up the PDF for you to print. So I'm going to be updating that. It'll be ready by probably tomorrow. So if, you wanna, if you're printing for the weekend, um, you'll be able to print it probably Thursday or Friday for sure. So uh, be on the lookout for that and we're just going to start here looking at these tiers uh, I kind of color-coded the tiers so you'll see uh, it, it changes you know white versus gray that kind of signifies the tiers there um, so I ranked all 32 quarterbacks we have 72 running backs uh, basically 84 receivers here and you're going to find about 36 tight ends got all the bye weeks listed here and 16 defenses that we're going to look at and I think the easiest way, um, so that's like the cheat sheet tab. This is the tiers tab is a little bit more, uh, I guess, printer friendly if you wanted to follow along with your draft and uh, cross people off and stuff like that. So you have either the cheat sheet with the, you know, with the gray boxes and the white boxes, or you can, you can print that if you'd like. 
but I would say the most important thing to read through is this top 204. And uh, I'm just going to kind of zoom in here. And um, so we're looking at the first round here. I have uh, four running backs listed at the top, Saquon Barkley, Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara. I really don't have any particular order of, you know, which one should go first. I can make an argument for, for each one. I think Saquon Barkley is the most talented guy of all. But Christian McCaffrey and Alvin Kamara are going to, you know, be just as involved in their offense as Barkley. So I really view all three guys as a preference choice. They should be the first three picks off the board. And the only thing that would stop them from being a top three pick would be Ezekiel Elliott. If Elliott somehow signs this week, this weekend, Labor Day, um, I would say Ezekiel Elliott should be, uh, you know, in consideration for the first overall pick, but he should be anywhere from one to four. So um, if Ezekiel Elliott does not sign, uh, before the weekend, I'm willing to to take a receiver or another running back at four overall. But uh, to me, it's a clear tier of these four running backs being the best available. And then um, after that here, you're going to see I have a little tier of of four wide receivers that I could all I could see all four of these guys being wide receiver num number one overall. Um, I have Devonte Adams listed as the number one overall because. Um, he's probably my favorite receiver to lead the league in touchdowns. He had 13 last year in only 15 games. Um, I, I know he's set on um, playing a full 16 games this year. He also had a kind of pretty low uh, yards per catch average of around 12 and a half. And he's mentioned uh, the number 15. So he's looking for more explosive plays downfield. Um, and I think he had 111 receptions last year, again, in, in only 15 games. So if you, if we added another, uh, game to his totals, I think people would be a little bit more open to Adams being the the true number one receiver this year. Um, the one stat that he did lead the NFL in besides touchdowns was fantasy points per game for receiver. He averaged 21.8 uh, points per game. That was better than the second best was Antonio Brown at 21.2. So he outscored the the greatest wide receiver we've seen in the last like, you know, five, 10 years, you know, Antonio Brown, maybe Calvin Johnson might be the next guy. But so Adams is elite. I love the offense. Um, Julio Jones, Juju Smith-Schuster, DeAndre Hopkins. I can see Julio leading the league in yards. I can see Juju leading the league in receptions and targets. And it's basically the same thing for Hopkins. Hopkins can score touchdowns. He could lead the league in receptions as well. Uh, I think there's a little bit more miles to feed there this year, though, in Houston. So um, – I love Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he's the favorite to lead in targets and reception. So any four of those guys will do uh, in the middle of your first round draft. Um, if you can get them later, you know, in the back end of the draft slot, that would be beautiful as well. So after these guys, we got three running backs here, uh, James Conner, David Johnson, and Nick Chubb. I have Conner ahead of uh, both of these guys because the offensive, I think I just, I believe more in the Pittsburgh offense. Uh, then the Arizona Cardinals, and then the Cleveland Browns, I'm kind of shying on them. Um, they're still going to be a very good offense, but I think they might be a little bit bumpy to start. Um, Beckham still hasn't really practiced much with uh, with Baker Mayfield, and the offensive line is, is not going to be as good as it was last year, and that defense is going to be better. So I don't really, um, I don't really know how exciting 
their games are going to be if if they're winning games and, they, and they're kind of running the ball and maybe not throwing as much as people think. But uh, Nick Chubb's the third back of the group because everyone's kind of concerned about what happens when Kareem Hunt returns. Um, they do have Dontrell Hilliard there. He'll be involved in some passing work early in the season, but not enough to make Nick Chubb, you know, a worry. Um, but with Nick Chubb in the first round, we get eight for sure games of him likely being a top five running back. Like it's not going to surprise me eight weeks into the season if Nick Chubb is a top five back. So that's the upside. But the only part where there's no clarity is what happens when Kareem Hunt returns. Are we going to see, you know, our top five running back slowly kind of lose work heading into the, in the fantasy playoffs? I don't really know if I like that. So um, my strategy for drafting Nick Chubb would be to make sure I grab another running back and have kind of a two-way uh, committee with Chubb to help me start the year and then maybe somebody another running back round two to help me finish the season so and then with David Johnson there at number 10 uh, you're drafting you know an unknown offense uh, we don't know how exciting or how good the Cardinals offense can be we know it should be exciting for moments this year but uh are we are we nervous that Kyler Murray is going to steal some red zone looks from David Johnson? Um, the defense is going to be terrible, so we know they're going to have some enough offensive plays. But uh, I'm just a little, you know, pumping the brakes on the Arizona offense, and I, you know, I think I would take Connor in that tier. So Connor Johnson and Chubb are my RBs five, six, and seven, and then we kind of have a block of four wide receivers here uh, with Odell Beckham. Tyreek Hill, Mike Evans, and Michael Thomas. Now, I don't really have a specific like order. It's more of a. This is another one of those preference areas, where yeah, you could take Odell Beckham, who's with the you know Baker Mayfield. So we're arguing that he's upgrading at quarterback. Tyreek Hills and Tyreek Hills got the best quarterback for fantasy, and Mike Evans is super underrated. He could have a top five upside season, and Michael Thomas has been you know wide receiver six. You know, for two straight years, he's been he's finished no worse as a wide receiver eight in his career. So you're you're guaranteeing yourself a top ten receiver with top five upside. So I love all those guys at the turn pick. Um, I'm a little higher on Mike Evans than most. I understand, but uh, I I mean I would take Mike Evans as high as fourteen. Um, so after that, we have Travis Kelsey here. He's the clear cut number one tight end for me. We don't really need to talk about him too much. Uh, I think there's a more significant drop-off from Kelsey to Kittle and Ertz than people realize. Um, I see Kittle and Ertz both having regression this year, whereas Kelsey, to me, he has a chance to even improve on his numbers because we really don't know if if Mahomes has, like, another gear. So I think Kelsey's the clear-cut number one. So if you can get him round two, do you know, start up with uh, Kelsey and a running backer or another receiver. So really love Kelsey this year. Um, after Kelsey, I have Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, and Todd Gurley, and Damian Williams. So we got a huge block of running backs. And this is also another preference area. I view all these guys as potential low-end RB1s. Um, I'm a little more excited about Dalvin Cook than the others, just because uh, he's going to be heavily used in the passing game and it sounds like they're going to be more involved with you know more uh, run focused as an offense um, the offensive line improved I think they're going to try to limit Kirk Cousins making a lot of throws every game uh, 
So Dalvin Cook's the clear cut of this tier for me. And then everybody else, Joe Mixon, Bell, Devonta Freeman, Todd Gurley, Damian Williams. These guys all look like fantastic as your RB2. I recognize that some people are going to be drafting them as an RB1. So I would, you know, that's the ranking that I would, I would list these guys that are as for RB1s. But uh, I could develop a strategy where I, in the beginning of the, the first round, I, if I land James Conner at nine and we come back here and say I don't want Travis Kelsey, but I want a Delvin Cook or I'm, Say I live in I live in New York and I wanted Le'Veon Bell or I'm you know a Cincinnati fan so uh, you could really develop a strategy here in the middle of the second round to start RBRB and potentially get yourself two RB ones which is a great idea because uh, wide receiver depth is so it goes for miles so we'll be able to find receivers later so um, I'm definitely very high on a lot of these running backs here in the second round. Um, so go ahead and pick whatever. It's a preference call, whatever one you're looking at. Um, I'm kind of growing more on Todd Gurley here, especially as if Todd Gurley falls to the end of round two. I mean, the dude was the number one overall running back uh, fantasy points per game last year. So even if we do expect a little bit regression from him, he's still got a really good shot at finishing as a top 10 running back. So I'll just uh, I'll roll with the punches and see what I can get from Gurley, but definitely – don't be shy to take him. Um, so after Gurley, we have a, a handful of maybe, I guess it looks like we got three three wide receivers here that I got in a tier. Uh, we got Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, and Antonio Brown. Uh, I have Adam Thielen as the clear leader of this tier. Keenan Allen, I think, has an ankle issue that we're kind of hearing some things about. Sounds like he's going to be ready for week one, but I can't, you know, promise it's not going to flare back up. And then Antonio Brown hasn't really practiced with Derek Carr, doesn't have a lot of reps with him. I know he worked out with him a little bit this this summer. There's some videos on Antonio Brown's YouTube page of them working out. So it's not like he's walking in blind, like he's never caught a pass from David Carr or Derek Carr. But Thielen to me is the clear cut number one receiver of the three. Um, as wide receiver nine, 10 and 11, I think these guys all look way better as your wide receiver two. So I'm more inclined to take these guys if I already have a stud receiver on my team. Um, but just know that they can act as a wide receiver one, but they're probably going to, you know, have a few, you know, a handful of wide receiver two weeks. So uh, I'd rather target them as wide receiver twos. Uh, after those guys, we have running back group here, Leonard Fournette, on Johnson, Chris Carson, Aaron Jones. I think I'm going to be changing up my tiers here because my, my love for Chris Carson is getting out of control. I think I would take Chris Carson over Fournette, Carrion, and Aaron Jones just because all the reports that I'm hearing out of Seattle, there hasn't really been a lot of positive buzz on Rashad Penny where everything is Chris Carson's our guy. Chris Carson's going to get more than 50 targets this year. Chris Carson this. Um, he's, he's easily holding off the first-round pick from last year. So Seattle's such a run-heavy team, and with Mike Davis gone, I mean, Carson's going to be – he's going to be their piece that moves the ball the most. So him and Tyler Lockett, of course, but um, either way, these guys will be drafted as your RB twos, but all four of them have a chance to be RB ones this year. Uh, Leonard Fournette's obvious every week that he's healthy. I think he's got a chance to fin to be an RB one. 
carry on Johnson. They got rid of Theo Riddick. They also cut Zach Zenner today. So that's another guy that, you know, less mouths to feed. CJ Anderson's there and they got a rookie, uh, Ty Johnson, who I like a lot, but he's more of a special teamer. So it looks like carry on Johnson's going to get all the catches he can handle. And maybe he loses some CJ Anderson goal line work, but I mean, the PPR upsides there for carry on to have a really nice season. So uh, I like him as well. And then Aaron Jones, um, I think he played 12 games last year. He ran nine touchdowns in. He might have caught another for 10 total touchdowns. Um, Everything is just pointing to him being heavily used this year. Uh, Jamal Williams has been kind of nursing a hamstring as well, so he hasn't had as much practice time. Uh, But Jones has been back for a couple of weeks, and everything that I've heard, he looks really good. So, And if, uh, you know, the Packers head coach, LaFleur, is going to commit to more of a running game approach, I mean, that that Packers offense is going to score points. So uh, Aaron Jones has the potential to, you know, easily get double-digit touchdowns, uh, well over 1,000 all-purpose yards. So he seems like a pretty safe pick after those guys. Um, So after that, we have George Kittle. I have Kittle all by himself in the tight end tier. Well, no, he's actually with with Ertz, but he's ahead of Ertz for me. Uh, He's the number one receiver in San Francisco. Um, He'll have some competition from Marquise Goodwin and Dante Pettis, and the rookies Jalen Hurd and Debo Samuel. But they also have uh, running backs, you know, Tevin Coleman, Matt Breda, uh, Raheem Mostert. Um, There's just a lot of mouths to feed there, and it's kind of the same thing with Philadelphia where, uh, I mean, I could list another six, seven players for Philadelphia just like I did the Niners where there's so many mouths to feed where I I think it's going to be really hard for Kittle to repeat what he did last year, so I automatically – just in my head, like his numbers are going to be reduced. He might score more touchdowns, but targets, receptions, and yards are all coming down. So uh, I'd rather, if I'm picking in in round uh, three here, I'm looking for one of those running backs or one of these next receivers in this next tier. So um, I might even lower Kittle a little bit here and and bump him down below the receivers, uh, maybe down to pick 36 here. So we'll take a look at these receivers after I – Take a drink of water real quick. Um, this is one of my favorite tiers of receivers to to look at. We have Tyler Lockett, Chris Godwin, Julian Edelman, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, and T.Y. Hilton. Yes, I have Lockett and Godwin as round three grades. Um, uh, Lockett's the clear number one receiver on this team. They lost David Moore for I don't know how long, but he's got a shoulder injury. So he might miss like a, like four to five games to start the year. Sounds like DK Metcalf's on the shelf with – I think he had uh, an abdomen problem. He might have had surgery even. So they're down two of their outside receivers, leaving Tyler Lockett and Jerron Brown, who we'll get into later. But Lockett's the main dude. The Seattle offense is going to run through Carson, Lockett, and Russell Wilson. So it's pretty clear to me that's going to be kind of funneled through those guys. Um I mean, I, I got Lockett as a wide receiver 12 here, which means he could finish the season as a wide receiver one, but you can draft him as a wide receiver two. So he looks great as a wide receiver two on your team. Don't be afraid of uh, of reaching on him in the end of the third. And then same with Chris Godwin. I wouldn't even be surprised if Chris Godwin um, led the, the Bucks in receptions uh, and targets this year. I think Evans will probably lead in touchdowns, but everything that I've seen from Godwin has me, you know, super excited where he's a wide receiver too with upside. So target Lockett, target Godwin, 
Julian Edelman's more of a sleeper. Um, he's kind of falling now that Josh Gordon was reinstated, but Edelman, Diggs, Cooper, Hilton, all these guys are wide receiver twos that will provide some uh, wide receiver one weeks, and they have a relatively safe floor. Maybe Cooper and Hilton are the more uh, boom-bust guys of the bunch, but uh, if you were to grab a receiver out of this tier, I think you're you're gonna you're gonna feel good about it. So especially as your wide receiver too. So uh, moving on to round four, we'll kind of speed this up. We got Pat Mahomes and Zach Ertz. We don't really need to talk about these guys. Mahomes is the consensus QB one. I can't see him finishing outside the top three. Um, if if he gets injured, that's the only way he finishes outside the top three or five. Same thing with Ertz. He's so volume driven, but there's a lot of mouths to feed. It sounds like they want to get a uh, backup tight end or, I guess, co-starter uh, Dallas Goddard some more looks. So uh, I see Ertz's stats coming down a little bit, but still a pretty safe bet for top five tight end finish. And then we have a little group of running backs here. Um, the two rookie running backs, Josh Jacobs and, and David Montgomery. I'm still a little nervous about drafting these guys just because they're rookies and they have – um, I guess Montgomery's got Tariq Cohen, who's locked into a pass-catching role. And then they also signed Mike Davis. Montgomery needs to he needs to play at an elite level in order to make Mike Davis an afterthought. Um, I still think Davis is a sound back, but uh, Montgomery's got a little bit more to prove yet before we get super excited about him. But for now, he's RB19. So I think he's being drafted at his upside. I have him as a boom-bust RB2 in games that the Bears are losing or, or in tight you know, games, they're going to be throwing the ball. And uh, I'm a little bit nervous about the Bears. Not, I mean, they went 12-4 and four last year. Their schedule's really tough this year. Um, they're going to be in a lot more competitive in tight games this year. So their, their rushing totals might even come down a little bit. So I like the, uh, the talent there. But just be cautious with the other players in the backfield there. Uh, Josh Jacobs, RB18 for Oakland. Not really excited about the Oakland Raiders offense, but he's another guy that's going to get a lot of volume, and he catches passes. He's the goal line back, so there's opportunity there. I feel better about him maybe towards the end of round four. So I might, I might drop these two because I think there's guys that uh, I feel a little bit more safer about especially the next group of receivers, Tyler Boyd, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods. Uh, I mean, those guys have clear roles, and I know what I'm getting out of them. I might draft them over the, the rookie running backs. Um, it might be more appropriate to rank uh, the rookies with Derrick Henry, Mark Ingram, Austin Eckler, Duke Johnson, and Marlon Mack. These guys are all kind of wild cards. Uh, Derrick Henry, super boom bust. He's going to be entirely game script dependent. Uh, Mark Ingram's got a really soft schedule to start the year, but I'm nervous about uh, about him lasting for an entire season. So I'm, I'm open to, to drafting Mark Ingram in the end of the fourth, but um, as soon as he starts busting off, I would look for trading partners because uh, I think he's 29. Who knows how long he can, he can hold on to uh, his health. And then Justice Hill is there. They got a couple of other young running backs that they, they, they can go to if anything happens with Ingram. So, uh, Austin Eckler and Duke Johnson are two of my favorite PPR backs. You could legit, if you, let's see here, if you had the first overall pick and you got pick 48 and 49, uh, I would highly recommend grabbing one of these PPR backs, either Duke or Austin Eckler. Um, 
even when Melvin Gordon played 12 games last year, Austin Eckler finished as the RB25. So if any week Gordon misses, you're going to want Eckler in your lineup. And any week that even Melvin Gordon plays, Austin Eckler's a flex. So he's got his value does not even like matter even with Melvin Gordon on the field. He still should be in our fantasy lineups. So uh, target Eckler. Same thing for Duke with Lamar with Lamar Miller going down for the year. Uh, Duke steps into roughly 200 touches, I guess 200 carries, and then anywhere from from 50, 60 catches. You know he could even be more than that. He's probably going to approach almost 70 catches this year. Uh, and you never really know with Will Fuller and Kiki Cutie's health, um, even DeAndre Hopkins for that matter. He's been pretty banged up, you know, especially last year he was banged up. Um, and then there's Marlon Mack. Uh, the Colts with Jacoby Brissett now, that luck has been, reti- has been retired. Um, their win total went down quite a bit. I think they went down maybe three or four games. So Mac needed those winning game scripts really to make him more safe of a pick as an RB2. Uh, for now, I have him as RB24. Um, he looks better as an RB3 flex. Um, he's still going to get a lot of looks, and he's, it sounds like he's going to be more used in the passing game, but I still like Naheem Hines there. Uh, so I don't know. I'm not as excited to draft Marlon Mack. I think when I'm looking around the area that he's being drafted, I'd rather take Eckler, Duke Johnson, um, even one of the tight ends next, OJ Howard and Evan Ingram, who we'll move on to right now. Uh, I'm just going to keep highlighting these guys and separating the tiers. So moving on to round five, we're looking at OJ Howard, Evan Ingram. These are the, the, the guys that I think have top five upside that could potentially beat uh, Kittle and Ertz. Um, if, if there's none of the running backs or receivers that are listed above, I'm going to one of these guys all day. Um, and then my next group of receivers here, I might have to reorder these because I don't know if I'm excited about – I'm really not that excited about Alshon Jeffrey and Kenny Galladay anymore. At ADP, I think I would rather take a chance on DJ Moore, Cooper Cup, D.D. Westbrook, and Sammy Watkins. I'm higher on those four guys, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to – this is a working document. I'm going to have to keep uh, working my tiers and rankings. It's getting really close, but it's not perfect yet. So um, if you miss out on one of those running backs above or one of the, the next two tight ends in Howard and Ingram, I'm looking at D.J. Moore, Cooper Cup, D.D. Westbrook, Sammy Watkins. These are all guys that – can be your wide receiver three that have wide receiver two upside. Uh, Cooper Cup's going to lead the Rams in touchdowns. Uh, Jared Goff's a better quarterback when he's on the field. Uh, D.D. Westbrook's going to be the, the clear number one for Nick Foles in Jacksonville. And Sammy Watkins, if he stays healthy, I think he's a league-winning pick. Um, just because it's the Mahomes, the, the Andy Reid offense, uh, any week that Watkins was healthy last year, he he played really well at, an, at a wide receiver two level. He was actually not that much different from Tyreek Hill, except uh, for touchdowns and just yards per catch. Hill had a little bit more yards because he was you know deeper and more run after the catch. But overall targets and receptions were pretty close. So I view Watkins as a wide receiver three that should be a wide receiver two most weeks. So we'll move on here to the end of round five. And we're looking at, at running backs here. We have the Patriots, James White, Sony Michelle, Tevin Coleman, and Tariq, Cole, Tariq Cohen. Uh, James White, PPR RB7 last year. Sony Michelle, I don't remember where he finished. Let me look that up real quick. 
Um, I do believe he finished as a wide, uh, running back too uh, last year. Sony Michelle, where are you? Wow, he was okay. Sony Michelle was uh, running back 34 last year. This is with 931 yards, six touchdowns, and only seven catches for 50 yards. So if if he's able to get 10 more receptions this year, that would move him closer to, and then of course yards. That's going to move him closer to a top 24 running back. So as you see here, I have Sony Michelle's RB 26. Um, this is basically his ceiling. So I haven't really been drafting too much. As you see by the boom-bust RB2 note, uh, I prefer James White here out of this whole tier just because he's locked into a role with Tom Brady, and then there's trust and familiarity with that role. RB7 last year, I know like he, that's going to be hard to produce, but for the price you can get him at, the price of RB25, I think he's got a pretty good chance at beating that. Maybe he's not a top 10 running back again, but probably top 20, you know? Um, he's going to have some some bad games here and there, but overall, uh, just leave him in as your RB2 or flex every week, and you'll hit more often than not, I think. So next we have Tevin Coleman and Tariq Cohen. I view both of these guys as kind of the same. Almost as James White, just not as prolific of a role, just because, I mean, the Patriots with that that pass-catching role, that, that's, you know, you can bank on that. Whereas Coleman with the Kyle Shanahan offense, Coleman's a, a really good pass catching back. He's not as good of a runner as he is pass catcher, but he's also got Matt Breda, uh, Jarek McKinnon, and I like I, I really like Raheem Mostert there. So there's a lot there's a few names behind him, but I guess to start the year, if you had to start Tevin Coleman as an RB two, I'm fine with it. Uh, and then there's Tariq Cohen, who who will probably be drafted as an RB two. He looks better as a flex and. All, I think all four of these running backs I like better in a best ball league. Um, but, uh, I mean, if, you, if you're if you into the zero RB strategy, you should probably be pulling a running back from this tier. And then the tier above here where I talked about Austin Eckler and Duke Johnson, uh, th those would be the preferred running backs for a, a zero RB strategy. So uh, I'm just going to take a break here and get a sip of water. So one second here. And we're back. We're looking at, uh, I believe we're moving into the sixth round now. This is where I have my next couple quarterbacks off the board in Aaron Rodgers and Deshaun Watson. Don't really need to talk much about these guys, but if there's anyone that's going to beat Pat Mahomes for QB1, I think it's these two. So if you get to a point and you missed out on the running backs, tight ends, or receiver that you wanted, uh, that's probably the earliest that I'd feel comfortable taking one of these quarterbacks. So that's the, the beginning of round six. Um, and then after these guys, we have here, I'm going to tier those. And then we're looking at a, a pair of running backs here. Philip Lindsay, Melvin Gordon, not really sure what to do with these guys. Um, I have the note for Melvin Gordon saying, assuming he's out 10 weeks, because I think he needs to be back by week 10 in order to have a full season count on his contract with the Chargers. Um, he would need to show up for this in order to get out of his contract for next season. So I, it doesn't sound like he's going to get a contract anytime soon. The Chargers seem pretty set in their ways. So I'm just crossing Melvin Gordon off my list. I'm not even really thinking about it. Um, and then we got Philip Lindsay here. Uh, it sounds like 
they're going to run the ball with Royce Freeman more this year. It's going to be more of a 50-50 playtime split where Royce gets the majority of the runs and probably goal line work. And Lindsey's going to be mixed in. He might get uh, more pass catches and more targets, and you know, so maybe the overall touches are pretty split equal with Freeman and, and Lindsey. But I just – I can't – I don't know if I'm that super optimistic about – getting a running back in the timeshare. Um, the only way I think Lindsay's got value is if Royce Freeman goes down. Um, and then we still got Theo Riddick coming back. So if they're expecting Lindsay to be more involved in the passing game and then Riddick's back, like that's just going to lower Lindsay's uh, ceiling even more. So I kind of have these guys here just because ADP has them higher. Uh, I'm not really looking at drafting these guys. So we'll move on to wide receiver here. Will Fuller. Curtis Samuel, Calvin Ridley, Robbie Anderson, and Allen Robinson. I'm most excited about Calvin Ridley. He almost caught 1,000 yards last year in, in 10 touchdowns. Sounded like he was hobbled with injuries last year uh, for the most part. And, I mean, Atlanta offense is the best offense of the group here with Matt Ryan in that passing game. You could argue Will Fuller's in a better offense, but Will Fuller's had trouble staying healthy, so he's more of a risk of a pick, whereas I feel safest about Calvin Ridley I like Curtis Samuel's talent. I wouldn't mind spending a, a you know a mid sixth round pick on him. Uh, I just heard Robbie Anderson had a calf issue today. I don't think he was practicing, so we'll have to monitor that. But he's probably going to drop a little bit in my rankings. And then Allen Robinson. I just I don't know how excited I am about um, making a significant investment in the passing offense for Chicago. I think if I'm going to draft a receiver for Chicago, I'm going to wait for Anthony Miller, who's you know they're he's going to lead them in touchdowns. So, of this group right here, Calvin Ridley and Curtis Samuel stick out the most. Um, and then we got a group of tight ends here. Hunter Henry, Vance McDonald, and Jared Cook. All of these guys are, are both probably safe top 10 tight end options. Um, Henry's upside's unknown yet. He's probably got the best chance of a top five finish. Uh, and then Vance and Jared Cook are two guys that you could probably just leave in your lineup all year. And, uh, I mean, there's probably going to be some lows, but uh, – they seem like they can be more consistent than not. So uh, I like those that group of tight ends. Otherwise, we're going to wait on tight end. So uh, that finishes round round six. Yes. Uh, and then we got a group of, of quarterbacks here. Um, I kind of view this as a significant drop-off where I had some running backs I didn't really want. There's a few receivers here that are wide receiver threes with upside. And then it's like the last of the true uh, difference makers at tight end. So then we can we, – after the talent kind of falls off there, I'm okay with drafting my quarterback, whether it's Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, or Cam Newton. All of these guys are fantastic options, and they all have top five upside. I feel safest about Carson Wentz. But these guys really can make an argument that all five – all four of these guys have a shot at top five. Um, I just like the Philadelphia offense a little more than the others. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan – those three I really don't have a problem with. You can't – it's hard to, to – it's really hard to rank those guys. So it's a preference choice. Uh, we have a group of receivers here, Corey Davis, Emmanuel Sanders, Josh Gordon, and Christian Kirk, and Dante Pettis. If I was going to redo this, I'd probably flip these and put Dante Pettis as the, as the top guy of the group. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders is probably going to be the number one receiver for the Broncos, so I like him. Uh, Josh Gordon, I view as more of a boom-bust guy, and we still don't really know what's going on. We haven't seen him practice. He he might start the year off a little slow. So I, I think I would prefer Sanders or, or Pettis here. And then uh, Christian Kirk, 
I feel I don't know if I trust him as a wide receiver three. He looked better as a wide receiver four on your bench, and you see what happens. Uh, there's a lot of mouths to feed there in Arizona. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, Michael Crabtree. Sounds like Keyshawn Johnson's doing himself a lot of uh, a lot of help with all the other rookies struggling. I mean, Andy Isabella's still there, but it sounds like Akeem Butler's on IR for the year. Um, and then David Johnson's involved. So I'm a little more bullish on Christian Kirk than I was earlier. But I'm, I'm still excited about Dante Pettis. Um, if I had to, I, I don't really know if, I, if you need to pull a wide receiver out of this tier. I might like some guys later even. Um, so then after that, we're looking at Latavius Murray, Peyton Barber, and Darius Geis. Um, Latavius Murray, he's going to have a career high in, in targets and probably receptions this year in that offense with the Saints. So I'm, I'm excited for that. He's got a lot of goal line opportunity. Anything happens to Kamara, we got something there. Um, I mean, he's more of a handcuff. These are, these are more troubling uh, running back threes that you would have to use on a bye week or in emergency situations. So as you can see here, the running backs really start to fall off in upside. Uh, Peyton Barber's the number one in Tampa Bay. Ronald Jones hasn't really impressed us that much this summer. Uh, I do like uh, Dare Ogunbowale. Is it Dare or Dare uh, from Wisconsin? Uh, but either way, Tampa Bay is running attack. We don't really know how excited we should be about that. Um, I'm kind of excited about Darius Geis, but not excited about the Washington offense as a whole. So I think Geis is an okay pick because he's going to have some nice weeks and some probably some pretty nice runs and catches. But it's going to be hard to to decide what week to start him. Um, he's probably a better best ball pick. So um, it's looking like I'm feeling the best about the, the mid-round quarterbacks here. So I liked all four of these guys. And as we move into, what is this, the eighth round now, I've got another three quarterbacks here that I feel really good about, and Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, and Jared Goff. I like all these guys. So eighth round, go ahead and pull the trigger on a quarterback. Next we have... Uh, Mike Williams, Geronimo Allison, and Jarvis Landry. Uh, Mike Williams is more boom bust. He's probably better off in a best ball league. He had double digit touchdowns last year. Tyrell Williams is gone, so I can see the the excitement for Mike Williams. But I think week to week he might be a little frustrating. Uh, Geronimo, Geronimo Allison and Jarvis Landry, I kind of view as the same. Um, they are the number two receivers who will primary like be the primary slots on their offense. They're going to be more um, consistent than a guy like Mike Williams. They don't really have a very high ceiling, but they should have you know a safe floor where they're getting five or six, uh, at least four to six catches per game, whether that's 50, 60 yards. So you're looking at a, a safe floor of around double digit points. And then if they score the touchdown, that's you know that that's what makes the week. So uh, I'm into Allison and I'm into Jarvis Landry. Uh, we got some running backs here next. Uh, we talked about uh, – we don't really need to talk, spend much time on the Miami running backs. I'm simply not drafting a Miami Dolphin this year. Um, I don't really need to get any further into it. But, I mean, they're not going to win too many games this year. They're probably going to be throwing the ball a lot more than running. So that makes Kalen Balaj undraftable for me. Uh, Kenyon Drake, I love the talent, but I just – I'm. he was RB14 last year in that uh, that weird offense. So I think he could do it, but I think I'm going to let somebody else draft Kenyon Drake this year. Um, Royce Freeman, we mentioned with uh, Philip Lindsay earlier. I like Royce because he's going to be 
uh, running his old zone scheme that he did in Oregon. So this offense is more suited for him to run the ball than Philip Lindsay. Uh, so I'm excited for Royce Freeman. He's probably more of a, a boom bust uh, running back three. He looks better in a best ball league because you don't know what week he's going to get the goal line touches. Um, but Denver's got such a good defense. They're gonna they're gonna try to run the ball as often as they can and control the game. So I'm at this point in the draft, I'm open to Royce Freeman being on my bench and seeing what happens. Phil Lindsay's a little guy; he could get hurt. Um, so I'd like Royce Freeman more than Lindsay at current ADP. And then we got Miles Sanders, who I just I don't know enough about. Super excited about um, his talent. Um, I, I just know that he's been known to fumble in college, and he kind of he relies like a lot on getting to the outside corners and doing a lot of hopping and, and things like that, that I don't know if they translate very well to the NFL. So I just, I haven't seen enough of him yet to really know what's going on. So I'm open to him, you know, being a player on your bench, but I don't really know how fair it is to expect anything uh, useful for fantasy this year, especially with Jordan Howard there, Darren Sproles, Corey Clement, um, Jamal Adams, or what's his name? Yes. Um, they, Josh Adams, I mean, so they got a lot of mouths to feed there. I just, I don't know how comfortable I am with Sanders. If I'm looking at this, I'm, I got six running back or six quarterbacks in this, in this round. So if you miss out on Winston, Wilson, Goff, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, man. Um, I mean, I, I could argue Lamar Jackson should be taken over any of these quarterbacks in this round. Uh, and Dak Prescott's going to have, um, Michael Gallup, Randall Cobb, Jason Witten, Amari Cooper. He's got more talent at the receiving group than he's had in a while. So it's looking like I have round eight, seven, and six. These are your rounds to take a quarterback, preferably round eight. If you can get Lamar Jackson, that's the ideal target. So uh, after that, things get a little murky. Uh, we'll keep kind of moving on here, but I have a big cluster of wide receivers. Uh, we'll kind of name these guys off, and I'll tell you who's my favorite. Uh, Dante Moncrief, Marvin Jones, Deshaun Jackson, Larry Fitzgerald, Tyrell Williams, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling. All these guys are great best ball picks, by the way, all of them. Um, I like Dante Moncrief only because he's in the Pittsburgh offense with Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, he had success catching touchdowns from Andrew Luck, so I think, I mean, all the attention is going to be on James Conner and Juju, so Moncrief's going to get – some of the softer coverage in the lineup, I think. He's never been the, the greatest player, like, skill-wise, but he's a smart player, and I think he can he can score six, seven, eight touchdowns this year. So I'm hoping him being a wide receiver three for us. Marvin Jones, I really don't see – if you're going to draft a Detroit Lions receiver, just pass Galladay and get Marvin Jones three, three four rounds later. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, it's kind of the same thing. Elshon Jeffrey's going to have boom-bust weeks. Just wait on Elshon Jeffrey and get Deshaun Jackson later. He's going to have just as big as a role in the offense, and every week it's going to be a little bit unknown. So uh, Larry Fitzgerald, I think I can argue that he's the best wide receiver to own in Arizona this year. He's, I mean, he's such a pro. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald, he's super smart. He's not going to be – he's not there to waste time. He's going to make sure that Kyler Murray is, is doing what he needs to do as a young professional and that he's on the same page with Larry. So I, I, I'm kind of buying into Larry Fitzgerald as a guy that I should have on my bench. Uh, Tyrell Williams, I think I, I, I don't know how excited I am about Oakland again, so I'm more willing to pass on him. Uh, but Marquez Valdez-Scantling is a super interesting guy. 
Uh, he might be better for best ball leagues, but it sounds like he's going to be the second uh, outside receiver there in Green Bay. Uh, and he's not. He, I think he had some success in the slot last year, but he's the vertical deep threat, the guy that can stretch the field. Um, and he's got to compete with Devontae Adams, Geronimo Allison, and probably Jake Kumaro for some targets. But if there's ever going to be a big play in the offense that goes for like a 60, 70 yard touchdown, it's Marquez Valdez-Scantling. So he only needs one play to make our week. So um, I'm really open to trying to target one of these receivers here in the ninth round. Uh, next, I got Austin Hooper and Eric Ebron for tight ends. Uh, I'm probably going to drop Eric Ebron even lower uh, because Jack Doyle's there. I know Jacoby Brissett's done a really good job in his career targeting tight ends, but I, I just, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I, I, I think I'm more comfortable drafting uh, one of these quarterbacks that have more uh, pedigree. Uh, Austin Hooper, he's fine. He's a little inconsistent, but again, you're getting a piece of the Falcons offense. I think he was tight end six or seven last year. So uh, he's, he's, he's a really good punt play at tight end. You just draft Hooper, leave him in as your tight end one, maybe draft a, a backup guy that you think you can use in plus matchups. But uh, the, the real meat of this ninth round is grabbing one of these secondary receivers and probably one of these veteran quarterbacks. We got Roethlisberger, Rivers, Breeze, and Brady. Can't really knock any of these guys. They're probably going to be better used as a quarterback too in super flex leagues. But if you waited and you, if you're in a one quarterback league and you're just like, I'm waiting a quarterback, I'm going to wait for Roethlisberger. Great plan. Same thing, waiting for Rivers, wait for Breeze, wait for Brady. These guys are basically free, you know, and you're probably going to get them even later. I have these guys ranked probably higher than they're being drafted at the end of the ninth round. You can probably get them in the 10th, 11th, sometimes even 12th with Brady. It gets a little weird. So moving on to uh, the 10th round now, we're looking at a huge block of running backs. So I'm going to recommend grabbing one or maybe two of these guys. Uh, we talked about Penny. We're not excited about him. Jordan Howard, he's the starter to start the year. Miles Sanders has to earn it. And I think Howard's getting the goal line carries. So I like the Philadelphia offense. You could potentially pair Jordan Howard with Miles Sanders. The ADP is pretty cheap. So, um, I can see Howard starting off the year with an RB2, you know, finish the first month of the year, and you see what happens. So if you want to punt at running back, Howard can be your RB1 or 2 for the start of the season. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, same thing. He's probably going to get more work in the beginning of the season than he does as the season goes on. Um, Adrian Peterson, uh, I'm not taking Adrian Peterson. not excited about the, the Redskins offense. It's all about Darwin Thompson right now, especially if the, the, the Browns or the, the Chiefs, my bad, if the Chiefs uh, dump Carlos Hyde, if Carlos Hyde's out, Darwin Thompson's value is going to soar even more. Um, I've, seen, I've seen Darwin Thompson go in the eighth round, seventh round of drafts lately. He's probably the hottest name in draft you know, talk right now. So if you don't know, now you know. Darwin Thompson, look him up. Uh, Matt Waldman, RSP, he has gone on to say that he kind of reminds him of Brian Westbrook. And Westbrook played with, with Andy Reid, so I'm getting a little excited here. But if you draft Damian Williams, target Darwin Thompson, and you pretty much lock that Chiefs position down. So Matt Breda, Justin Jackson, Justice Hill, 
man, I'm targeting all these guys, Thompson, Brita, Jackson, Hill. If anything happens to Coleman, uh, Brita gets the majority of the work. Brita's the better runner. Coleman might be the better passer, but um, Brita still uh, – he, he was just under 1,000 yards last year, I think at like five and a half yards per carry. At the 10th round, he's free. Just just grab him. Same thing with Justin Jackson. If Melvin Gordon's going to miss like roughly nine, ten games this year, Justin Jackson's going to have flex to RB2 value every week that Gordon's out. And then Justice Hill, if, if you draft Mark Ingram, please draft Justice Hill. It's not going to surprise me if Justice Hill starts eating into Mark Ingram's workload as the season goes on. Um, so try to get one or two of these running backs. I think you need one of these, especially one of these four. You need one of those. Um, and then we got some receivers here. Sterling Shepard, Cortland Sutton, Mohamed Sanu, and Kiki Cutie. Um, this tier kind of continues here. So I got all these receivers kind of in one tier. Um, that goes with Cole Beasley, John Brown, Marquise Goodwin, Anthony Miller, Michael Gallup, A.J. Green, Rashard Higgins, Jerron Brown. These are all guys that should be bench targets. You're not going to want to start any of these guys to start the year. These guys are good guys to hold in case of emergency or guys that have safe floors, guys that, that could have use for you at some point during the season. So Sterling Shepard, I'm okay with. Not excited about the Giants' offense. Cortland Sutton's probably going to lead the Denver Broncos in receiving touchdowns, so mm, I can see that. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, he's actually finished as a top 36 receiver for two straight years. A little worried about Calvin Ridley stepping forward and pushing Sanu down, but if anything happens to Julio Jones or Ridley, Sanu is a wide receiver three with upside. So uh, he's kind of like a, like a receiver handcuff, if you will. And same thing with Kiki Cutie. With Wolf Fuller's entry history, Lamar Miller just went down, so Duke Johnson. Duke Johnson is going to be on the field a lot, which means people were nervous about QT losing slot work to Duke Johnson. But, uh, I mean, Duke's going to have his hands full with running the ball now, as well as pass catching. So, And QT just returned to practice this week. So uh, super excited about QT. Take him at the discount. Uh, Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, these are the preferred Buffalo Bills targets. Uh, John Brown's the deep threat. He's probably going to lead the team in receiving touchdowns, but Cole Beasley could lead the team in receptions. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, if you don't like Dante Pettis, you can target Marquise Goodwin a little bit later. I don't really know if I see that much of a difference between the two. Uh, Pettis is probably just a little more durable. Goodwin gets gets injured kind of often. Anthony Miller, he's a guy that should lead the Bears in touchdowns for the second straight year. He did that as a rookie last year amongst you know a ton of injuries uh, shoulder and I think he battled some foot and ankle stuff uh, and then there's Michael Gallup who's going to probably take a, a step forward year two Mark Cooper still dealing from from a heel injury so it wouldn't surprise me if Gallup starts off the the first month super hot because he's been the primary number one receiver for Dak Prescott so I think Gallup can get us off to a Gallup's probably my favorite player of this tier um, that we're highlighting here A.J. Green, I'm just not drafting A.J. Green. Uh, Rashard Higgins, we mentioned Odell Beckham hasn't really practiced with Baker Mayfield that much, but Higgins has been with him for two years. I know Jarvis Landry's been with him for two years, but Higgins is more of a traditional uh, outside receiver, and if Beckham is going to get all the attention, Higgins has the chemistry with Baker Mayfield. I I think I'm going to have some uh, Rashard Higgins lineups for DraftKings and FanDuel Week 1, so uh, I'm 
try trying to get Higgins on your on your bench as your fourth or fifth receiver. I think that's a really solid idea. And then Jerron Brown. Jerron Brown's probably like my favorite uh, pick that no one's talking about. Uh, DK Metcalf has the abdomen injury. Um, David Moore's got a shoulder injury. Both these guys are not expected to be healthy for the first month of the season. Jerron Brown's a wide receiver too in Seattle. Seattle's like basically their whole defensive line suspended or, or hurt. So the, Seattle's defense is going to be pretty bad. Seattle's going to be in a lot of high scoring games. Jerron Brown's the number two receiver. So just keep that in mind. If you miss out on Carson Lockett or Wilson, get Jerron Brown. So we'll move on here to a group of running backs here. We don't really need to spend too much time on these guys. But Deion Lewis, uh, I think he was a top 30, 36 running back last year in PPR leagues. We're not expecting the Titans to win too many games. He's still going to have a PPR usage uh, in the passing game. So um, you could do worse as a bye week fill-in or if you have an injury. Deion Lewis still has a role. He's going to get some catches and, and have some chances to score some touchdowns. Jalen Samuel, kind of the same thing. He really doesn't have any value until if James Conner were to get hurt, that's when, you know, you would win the value. But from a week-to-week standpoint, Samuels maybe gets four to five carries and a few targets each game. But he's more of a handcuff at this point. Devin Singletary, he's a potential guy that you could stash who would slowly take over uh, the leading back role in Buffalo. Uh, but they do have McCoy and Frank Gore there, so I'm not as excited about that. He's more of a, a for-next-year guy. And then there's Tony Pollard. As long as Ezekiel Elliott's not signed, Tony Pollard's an RB2+. plus. Um, and if anything happens, Ezekiel gets the handcuff. So if, you, if you're in the top four picks, say you pick four, and Zeke's not signed, take Zeke fourth and then just move Tony Pollard up your board to where you know you can get him. You lock in Tony Pollard, and when Zeke comes back, you, you just benefit from your first-round pick. So that's how you can handle that situation. Uh, moving on here to quarterbacks. I believe we're entering the 12th round. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo, Josh Allen, and Mitch Trubisky. Kind of nervous about these guys. Uh, just one second. Some of that fresh spring water. Um, Garoppolo, Josh Allen, Trubisky. I'll probably edit these rankings and put Josh Allen number one just because he's better with his legs. I think I like his receiving group that Buffalo gave him this uh, offseason. John Brown, Zay Jones, Cole Beasley, Robert Foster. He's got a handful of veteran running backs. So these guys are all quarterback twos in super flex leagues and probably guys that might not even be drafted in quarterback one leagues unless you're a fan of like the team. Um, So uh, I could argue that I might even wait because you see here in this uh, round 12 tier, I have all these quarterbacks here. I'm probably willing to wait on the, I like Josh Allen a lot, but I mean, I could easily see you saying Sam Darnold's better than them, or I'm going to wait for Kirk Cousins. You know, I I think I'm going to move these guys all into one big tier uh, because I'm having difficulty separate them. But if we look at these tight ends here, Greg Olson, Kyle Rudolph, Mark Andrews, David Njoku. Greg Olson's healthy. He says he's the healthiest he's been in a really long time. Uh, Cam Newton, a little bit of a foot scare uh, the other preseason game, but he seems like he's ready to go week one. As long as Olson's healthy, he's a low tight end one. He's probably going to lead the Panthers in touchdowns this year. 
you know, besides McCaffrey running the ball and stuff. Um, Kyle Rudolph, it sounds like the Vikings and Kirk Cousins want to throw to the tight ends a little bit more. So Rudolph might be a little boom bust, but he's still a candidate to finish as a tight end one. Mark Andrews, David Njoku, both these guys are kind of in offenses where there's other players that they're going to throw the ball to. So these guys are probably better best ball tight ends. Like it can be pretty hard to predict what week these guys get touchdowns. But, uh, I mean, I'm super open to the idea of getting a Greg Olson and pairing him with Mark Andrews and just seeing how the season goes. So these are these guys are more uh, committee tight ends where if you draft one of these tight ends, pair them with somebody and just roll with it. I'm um, looking at these quarterbacks here. Sam Darnold, Kirk Cousins, Derek Carr, Andy Dalton, and Matt Stafford. Again, all these guys are, are clear quarterback twos. Darnold's got the highest upside for me. Kirk Cousins, we're expecting more rushing, less passing for Minnesota. And I'm just not really a big fan of Kirk Cousins. Um, so I haven't really been drafting him at all. Um, Derek Carr with the, the weapons on the Raiders, he's probably got the best weapons that he's ever had in his career. So he was quarterback 18 last year. I got him ranked as quarterback 23, so that's technically a value at this point. And then Andy Dalton and Matt Stafford. Uh, Stafford's going to be better than he was last year. Yeah, the Lions went around the ball, but, I mean, can they really establish the run? Um, you know, how many games are they going to win? I, I still think St a healthy Stafford, Marvin Jones, TJ Hawkinson. There's a lot to like with that Detroit uh, Lions offense. So, And same thing with Andy Dalton. Defense is going to be trash. Tyler Boyd, uh, Tyler Eifert, CJ Uzuma, uh, Joe Mixon, Gio Bernard, when AJ Green's coming back. Um, you know, there's there's enough weapons there, and the team's going to be pretty bad on defense where they're going to be throwing the ball quite a bit. So one of my favorite strategies for two QB super flex leagues is targeting two of these quarterbacks because um, it's so dirt cheap. It's so dirt cheap. I could – Legit, if I, give me three of them. Give me Darnold, Dalton, and Stafford, and I'll just I'll put, put the best two matchups out every week. Um, so that's like the ultimate punt at the position. But these guys are probably going to be uh, free agents in in most leagues. So if, if they seem high on this list, I, I play in a two quarterback league. So there you go. Um, we'll we'll kind of just uh, I'm just going to start calling out names that I like the most out of these tiers. Uh, Jack Doyle. No, not Jack Doyle. Dallas Goddard. Anything happens to Zach Ertz, Goddard's ranked as a top five tight end. Um, TJ Hawkinson, I mentioned him when I was talking about Stafford. Sky's the limit for this guy. We really don't know what's going to happen. You can legit take Delaney Walker, TJ Hawkinson, and see what happens. Uh, Darren Waller, upside unknown. Carr's been good with the tight end, so there's always that. Uh, Jamison Crowder sticks out a lot. Uh, Robbie Anderson, we mentioned, he's got a little bit of calf injury. Um, so he's going to probably – it wouldn't surprise me if Crowder leads the team in targets and receptions. Um, <clears throat> Willie Sneed's technically the wide receiver one. Uh, he's going to have a lot of targets there. Trey Quinn's going to have a lot of targets. Chris Conley's the clear number two to me in Jacksonville. Uh, and he's got a good friendship with Nick Foles. Uh, Randall Cobb. He's the second, you know, wide receiver 2-3. He's going to be the slot receiver there. Sounds like he's got a good rapport with Dak Prescott. So he should be on benches this year. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's a quarterback too, and he could be streamed. Um, not really excited about these guys, but Nick Foles is probably going to have some good games. Um, if you wanted to draft Chris Herndon, you, you could pair him with a guy like 
like Delaney Walker, a veteran, or Greg Olson, and say, I only need four to five weeks out of my veteran tight end. When Herndon comes back, you want a piece of that Jets offense, go for it. Um, so we see a couple older tight ends here. You can legit just punt the position and just take Jason Witten and and somebody else and just try to get your eight to ten points a week. Um, running backs here, I'm probably not really excited about any of these guys, but just know that Malcolm, Malcolm Brown's the clear number two here. Um, they haven't really been excited about what we're hearing with Daryl Henderson. Um, so, and Malcolm Brown's been sitting the whole preseason game, which the whole preseason, which means he is a starter in their eyes. So they plan on using him. Uh, we got a huge chunk of receivers here. Golden Tate, Adam Humphreys, A.J. Brown, Quincy Nunwa, Miles Boykin, Devontae Parker, Jake Kumaro, Miko Hardman. I would say I'm, I'm super open to A.J. Brown being the best rookie receiver this year. Humphreys could have a lot of receptions. Uh, Boykin's going to have an argument to be the best receiver this year for a rookie. Uh, Jake Kumaro, um, he's got anywhere, you know, four, five, six touchdowns in him with that offense. Same thing with me, Cole Hardman. <clears throat> Anything happens to the guys above them, Hardman and Kumara are guys that you're going to want to have on your waiver wire speed dial. Um, so we're kind of getting to the nitty gritty here. Of these are these are these are like walk off picks, like your last picks. So like <clears throat> Kumara, Nicole Hardman. Hardman's probably going to go a little bit earlier. Um, Jamal Williams and Gio Bernard. These are all backups. Uh, John Ross. Still don't know what's going to happen with him. McLaurin could be the best receiver in the Redskins. Preston Williams could be the best receiver on the Dolphins. Uh, David Moore, when he comes back, he's probably going to go undrafted. But um, tight end, if you draft O.J. Howard and you're nervous about health, just grab Cameron Bright. Uh, side note, I think Robert Tanyan is the best tight end on the Packers. Um, Jimmy Graham's he, he's it's, – it's done, man. I think Jimmy Graham's on his way out. And uh, – we're looking at Robert Tanyan and Jay Sternberger for the next uh, back end of A-Rod's career. So uh, Jordan Thomas, Tyler Eifert, these are all just tight ends worth maybe an idea of looking at. They really liked what they saw to Will Disley last year before he got injured. Um, <clears throat> so these are, these are all just guys that you can take a shot on at the very last pick of your draft. Uh, Deontay Johnson could surprise. Hunter Renfro could. A lot of young receivers here. So I don't know if you noticed, but I was really liking the wide receiver depth as we got uh, on through the draft. So I think my advice, well, final thoughts, I guess, we'll do. Um, I think zero running back can be done, but I think that strategy is not as good as it looked in the past. If you're going to go zero running back, you're looking at Duke Johnson, Austin Eckler, uh, Tevin Coleman, James White, uh, even Kenyon Drake. Um, that's probably the best few pass catching backs that you can get around four or five or later. Um, but my drafts, I've done a lot of best ball drafts, a lot of even dynasty drafts, and just it's been a busy summer for drafting. Um, but all of my drafts look better when I grab two or three running backs with my first three, four, five picks. Um, so try to get yourself one of the top running backs and one of the top receivers and going from there. I love this. This year, the first four rounds are beautiful. Um, I've never seen more depth at the running back position in the first few rounds than this year. Round three is a fantastic round to get a running back like like Chris Carson, Devonta Freeman, Carrion Johnson. Like there's so many good, like that whole block there. 
tons of good receivers to to be to be checking out. Um, I'm gonna stop the screen share here, but uh, so yeah, just overall parting thoughts. Um, you can wait on quarter on quarterback for sure. You can wait on tight end for sure. If you miss one of the top tight ends, I recommend OJ Howard or Evan Ingram. Um, Vance McDonald's interesting. Jared Cook's interesting. Um, but you can ultimately punt the position at, at tight end and end up with a group, a two or three man trio of like Darren Waller, TJ Hawkinson, and like, I don't know, like you can legit just scrap and try to find six, seven, eight to 10 points per week and play the matchups. Um, super open to waiting on quarterback, but if you get the opportunity to, to get a quarterback like Lamar Jackson, the eighth, seventh round, just do it. Uh, Lamar Jackson is one of the safest quarterbacks, I think, this year. He's going to throw the ball more, but he's still got the threat with the legs. So uh, go ahead and, I mean, really, like, any of these these top quarterbacks here, um, Rodgers, Mahomes, Watson, Wentz, Baker Mayfield, Matt Ryan, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Russell Wilson, Jared Goff, Dak Prescott, Lamar Jackson. Those are my top 12 quarterbacks this year. Try to get one of them if you can't. Just get Ben Roethlisberger and you're good to go. I think Roethlisberger's in for a really good season. So um, my mind's kind of all over the place. I got a lot of drafts going on this weekend, and it's like the final, it's the final countdown. So um, to recap, running backs go heavy running back early. I'm targeting running backs in the first, second, and third round. Fourth rounds more of a Chris Godwin, Tyler Lockett round for me. That's where I kind of switch to receivers. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm taking running back early, and then I'm taking my shots at wide receiver and tight end uh, anywhere from rounds five through for about eight, nine. And then from there, I pivot again to running back. So I start my draft with running back, and then my round like 10, 11, 12, I'm adding a few more pieces at running back. And then I'm, and I'm really waiting on quarterback. I like to wait and see what happens and take the best value that's presented. So um, I try to do uh, my, my best in keeping this video short. If you have any questions, hit me up on Twitter at the fellow KGB. Post a comment. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, thumbs up, like, comment, subscribe, share, tell a friend, tell your mom, tell your dog. Um, yeah, man. Uh, we're on Spotify. We're on uh, Apple iTunes, Google, a bunch of other ones. You can find us on Anchor too. Um, I'm excited, man. I hope this video helped you uh, with some clarity on your draft plans. Again, if you have questions, let me know. Uh, go to the Fantasy Fellowship. Get the cheat sheet. I'm updating stuff this week, so if you're listening to this video on Wednesday or Thursday, uh, everything's going to be finalized by either Thursday night, Friday. So you'll for sure, that's when you're going to want to print your stuff for your weekend. And uh, let's dominate our drafts and win some championships this year. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, that's it, man. Have a good morning, night, whatever you need. Adios.